Hi, my name's Louise Gardner and I'm the Founder and Managing Director of Pledge Consulting and of course the host of the PMO and Project Leadership Podcast. This short series is titled the PMO Masterclass. I'm going to be talking to PMO leaders from around Australia and the world uh, and trying to find out what are the common elements in PMO success. The PMO Masterclass series is sponsored by Pledge Consulting's new Elevate programme a five-month professional development program designed to take project and PMO professionals to the next level of their career. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Sydney-based PMO leader, Michael Taylor. Michael's going to be sharing the story of his PMO journey with us and talks a lot about how organisational support and connecting to a strategic purpose can be a good precursor of PMO success. Without further ado, let's cut to it. Okay, so today I'm delighted to welcome Michael Taylor uh, to the podcast. Michael's currently working with the Smith family as the strategic change manager, and he has a long and distinguished history in PMO leadership. So thank you, Michael, for for joining us. Um, Just by way of kicking things off, can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing at the moment and maybe a little bit of background on on how long you've been involved in in PMO and, and perhaps even project management generally? Sure. Thanks, Louise. Um, long and distinguished, that's uh, one way of saying old. <laughs> been around for a while. Um, my name is Michael Taylor. I'm working for the Smith family currently as the national manager for strategic change. Um, how long have I been involved in project management gen- generally? Ooh, um, a long time, I think. Um, I think when you're sort of when you move into a project management space, but then reflect back on your career and how you got to that point, um, you start to see that you, you, you know, the projects uh, at very early parts of, of your career that you were involved in, but maybe didn't recognize them as projects. So even back to um, my, uh, my initial time when I moved from Scotland to Australia and wasn't allowed to work in my chosen field because of uh, visa restrictions, I worked for a stone masonry company. And um, at the time, I wouldn't have thought project management, but you know, now that you look back on it in terms of costing out jobs, um, looking at the resources that are required um, and, and putting timeframes around those pieces of work, um, you, know, you can see the project structures that were there even back in something as obscure as that. Um, so I'd say probably all throughout my career, but only in the more recent parts, you sort of recognize it and obviously moving into a specific uh, PMO role where you take on responsibility within the organization. So, yeah, I think um, with hindsight all the way through, but um, it's something that I, I value now. And um, uh, it is something that, uh, you know, I think we're, you know, there is a, a, a post that I have pinned to my, my LinkedIn profile, which talks about, it's a Franklin Covey post and it talks about we're all project managers um, and that resonates to me and that's why I pinned it because I think it's true we are all project managers and we can apply that uh, those lessons that structure into most everything we do. Yeah interesting I, I agree. So what about PMO specifically then what uh, what at what point did you get interested in PMO and what was it about PMO that hooked you? So, because it's not for everybody, right? Nobody goes into PMO to make friends, as I often say. No. Uh, in fact, um, I do remember the first time that uh, the person who I was re- reporting to at the time 
Um, this was in fire and rescue. They, they came to me and said, look, we've got a rule coming up. We think it, it's a good fit for you. Sure. That's, you know, that's the kind of conversation everybody wants to have. And, and, uh, I said, what's the rule? Oh, it's director of the PMO. And I'm going, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my own instant reaction to it. It was like, oh, okay. It's yeah. Um, so it took me a while to go away from that and just, and just think about that rule beyond the title and, and what that title might um, project. Think about the rule and think about the opportunity that, that comes with that rule to shape change within the organization. So, so probably it wasn't a destination that I had for myself, but it was, I suppose, to the, your previous question, you know, working in project management, demonstrating those capabilities within an organization led to that conversation about this is the next step for you taking on a PMO and, um, you know, never looked back from, from, from that role. It was a fantastic role. Um, and it was, it was one in which we got to work really closely with the executive team, um, just the way that PMO was constructed um, and, and what was required from it uh, at the time. We were involved with the executive team in developing the strategy, which worked so well because then um, we were the team that were there to help um, those functional areas then deliver on those strategic priorities. So that continuity, um, that connection between strategy development and then the execution was something that um, was, was um, just saved a lot of time, very efficient way of doing it um, yeah. and um, very motivating for the team as well. Yeah, if you can get your PMO at that level in an organisation, that's really like Nirvana, I think. Um, having that alignment with strategy, as you say, um, that's that's really the sweet spot, I think, as to, to where a PMO should sit. Apart from that alignment with strategy, um, I know from our previous conversations that you were really happy with, with, with that team and the outputs of the team. What were, um, again, what do you think made it such a great team? Apart from the, the alignment and the sponsorship, was there anything functionally that made it good in terms of what you did? Was it just... The alchemy of a good team. What 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 have you tried to take from that to replicate uh, in the next one? I think um, what we did uh, particularly well at Fire was start to talk in the language of strengths. So we were um, we had a lot of work around looking at Gallup strengths. So, I mean, whichever model you're looking at, but in, in particular with Fire, we looked at Gallup strengths. And that gave us a really good language about um, how to look within our team and see uh, what individuals were bringing um, beyond just what they do within their roles. So what, what were their natural talents? Where did they become energized at work? Um, so that really helped us as a group just to, to look at each other in a way that was probably more accepting and also where you, where you look across the team and say, okay, if I come to you, this is something that is going to energize you, but might drain my energy so I think that worked particularly well but I have to say lucky um, lucky with far that, that inherited the base of a good team and then having had other roles within fire um, I suppose I always think I've benefited from um, good leadership people who've developed me uh, have seen things within me that um, that have you know challenge them to pull me forward and challenge me. And so I like to pay that back. So coming through the organization, you go, okay, I'm now, in, I've now got this function of PMO. 
what are these rules here to deliver and who is in a, in a position across the organization that might suit this, where this may help them grow. And so we did uh, build from a very good base and then bring in some excellent people from across the organization who just had a natural aptitude for this sort of thing, thinking strategically, but then actually having the ability to, to plan out projects and initiatives to have that confidence to, to lead a room to challenge an executive on their thinking in, in the right way um, and really set those projects up properly from the beginning, that, that planning piece, not being too quick to jump into delivery, but being happy to hold when they needed to in that planning piece and really um, you know, get that project right from the beginning. Mm. And I think probably a point of clarification for, for the listeners is really when I say project, I, I combine project and change management together. I see the two yes. things hand in hand. Um, so I think really looking from, you know, what are we trying to achieve, but having that people lens through it as well um, and being really tuned into the culture, which again was another benefit that we had through the strategy development is that team worked through where we needed to go as an organization, but what was standing in our way culturally and what, what we could build on culturally to, to really accelerate, um, you know, what we were trying to do against uh, our strategic objectives. So, so, you know, having that cultural piece in your back pocket as well, that learning there could take that into projects and, and really um, set up. So it's, it's, it's a hard one. I think, you know, who, who's going to make a good project manager? People bring their own strengths and talents to it. And I think the capability of the team to draw on each other where they, where they perhaps weren't as strong in a particular area really helped us. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. And actually, I think you and I are very aligned in terms of what makes a good team in terms of fostering that culture and showing leadership. I've always um, tried to pay back all of the the good things that I've been given over the years as well. And it's a really nice feeling when you're when you're able to do that. And always pick people who are smarter than you. Always. <laughs> Which isn't yeah. hard. Well, it's no, because <laughs> I also have no trouble finding people that are smarter yeah. than me. Um, thankfully, otherwise we'd have no business. I could give you the names of some people who will vouch for that. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, flipping that thinking on its head a little bit then, what are the most common challenges you've found across all of the organizations you've worked for either leading a PMO or being part of a delivery community, when you are either setting up a new PMO or you're resetting, rebooting a PMO, where are those problem areas every time? Oh, I think, um, you know, be, being really clear on, on what the organization needs at a particular moment in time and it, and it changes. So, so when you pick up that rule, when you step into that rule, um, you know, your first, well, I, I would say your first responsibility is to understand the need. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that you might want to do that. There's lots of information sources out there to help you define what the need is. But I think, um, uh, you know, we, we have a common term PMO, but but underneath that is a very different beasts and um, you have to work out what sort of beast you're, you're working with. 
Um, so really, uh, you know, talking to the leadership and understanding their perspective individually on need. What are, what are they looking for? What do they want? What would help them in their role? Um, and I think you get two things from that. You get a, a set of instructions around services and support and, um, you know, how to work well with that particular team. But you also get uh, an understanding of that individual's um, uh, understanding of what a PMO is, what it's there to, to, to deliver, um, how they as an individual, as a sponsor of, of a project or a change, um, how, how um, familiar they are with their role and, and what's required of them, which can help you to, um, you know, just to set a plan for how you're going to keep connected to that key stakeholder uh, in an ongoing way. So, and I think, um, you know, so understanding that need from the executive perspective key, because if you're not delivering for them, you won't be in your job for long. But also balancing that view um, with where the organization's at um, maturity-wise. So for projects and change, maybe this time I'd split it out and say, yes. well, you know, what's the project management maturity like at the different levels? I talked before about sponsor. Are they, as that particular sponsor on on track with what their role is and how they deliver it. Um, you know, what are our project management strengths across the organization? Who are they? Um, how are we lining them up with the right um, projects? Have we got our strongest people on the most important projects? And then um, mapping as you go, mapping your services and supports from a PMO perspective and how you're gonna operate. Map, mapping that in a way that you're actually challenging the organization to develop those capabilities as well. Mm-hmm. That's critical to have a view of where your end goal is around maturity, what you want to lift to, and then how you're going to do that. Um, so I think a lot of that information also, you know, I would never walk past um, talking to people about past projects, past experiences, mm-hmm. uh, PIRs, post-implementation reviews that have happened, reading those things, particularly ones that are done uh, from externals, any audit reports, any sort of information source there that, you know, um, where there's that, that, that honesty that's going to come because often a lot of the times, um, you know, there might not be the level of psychological safety in the space to give honest feedback about what went wrong and what went well. Um, so looking for those sorts of information sources and then finding a way to pull all that together. I think, you know, if you're setting up a PMO or rebooting one, those are just critical things that you have to think about and talk to people about. Yeah. I was reading something on LinkedIn earlier and it was, I think, using the p3m3 model and um wasn't wasn't kind of out the book but i think that's where the source information was from and they had the um coe um kind of um coming gone blank community of excellence center of excellence center of excellence that's not amazing is it uh central central of excellence pulled out to the side as a type of pmo yeah and I thought, oh, I've got an issue with that. I don't, I don't agree with that. In any PMO that I've ever run or that we've ever run as a, as a business on behalf of clients, I think that it's inherent in what you are doing to try and set standards and raise standards and to, to grow knowledge. Um, but it occurred to me for the first time that maybe not everybody thinks that. <laughs> 
you you clearly on on my page by the sound of things <laughs> no i'm i'm on i'm on your page i i mean just maybe because of what you've experienced is is what you're drawn to um so yeah definitely we we held that center of excellence function around project change management and then building on the sort of portfolio and program management and i'd say cuz uh, the maturity level was probably more focused on project and change management um, and the portfolio side of things was something we were coming at from the top of the strategy down how we how we look at resourcing those particular uh, and, and picking those particular projects um, prioritizing them in the right way but yeah I think for me that the, the having the center of excellence embedded with the area that are delivering makes a lot of sense it is efficient to me um, mm. but at the same time making sure that you've got the challenge on the center of excellence um, from teams that are operating so I, I think what we found with fire was you know as you build that capability organizationally from a PMO center satellites start to emerge across different teams so you get pockets of strength in, in different functional areas and, and they start to challenge back, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, question, um, uh, come up with iterations of various tools and steps that, that work well for them. And I think that's, a, that's kind of a good problem to have, but at the same time, it feels like, you know, the, the tentacles are growing and-, and Creates a monster. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, as I say, it's a good problem to have and it's probably showing of that sort of maturity growth and, and people's investment and ownership of, of those processes and not just, oh, we've got to follow somebody's PMO project plan. Well, you know, no, it's a starting point. Um, and if you've got something better, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, when I was doing one of these other recordings, um, I was chatting to Alex Flora actually, and I'm not sure in which order these will go out. So it might be before or it might be after. Um, but she said something to me that has stuck with me. Um, and she said that she'd been in project or program management and she, a bit like a bit like you, she kind of ended up in this PMO manager role. Um, and after a few weeks, she was hooked. You know, she really, and I felt the same way. I, um, didn't end up there accidentally. I am one of those very strange beings who sort it out. <laughs> um, <a> nerd. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that term hooked. Was there a moment in your career journey where you've really kind of started to define yourself as a as a PMO person and you know this is is for you? Because I say it's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think um once I was labelled, once I got over the, the the label being offered, you know, um, and I sort of thought about it and, and you know, I th and I think that's the thing, right? If somebody challenges you who's uh, further ahead in their career, they're challenging you probably because you can't see that thing for yourself. Um, they can spot something you can't. And, and so, yeah, once I got through that challenge of, yeah, okay, PMO, yep, okay. And getting invested into the problems and you know some of those things that we we're just talking about in terms of what's the need you know i think as soon as you start connecting with a group of executive who have a particular need and and it's about how do we facilitate delivery of our strategy and and if you're working for an organization where you're connected to its purpose and i have to say fire and rescue it's you know you walk into that purpose from day one and and 
even although you're not an operational firefighter, um, you can see operational firefighters every day and people who've had a long career in, in firefighting. Um, and it's very easy to connect with that. So once connected with that and you realize that you're operating in, in my case, at, at an enterprise PMO level, you are, you know, in that slipstream uh, of, of the most important things that the organization's focusing on. And you feel that weight of responsibility for actually delivering and, and helping to deliver, clearing the roadblocks and helping to deliver. That was it, hooked for me. Um, you know, you get sort of addicted to that slipstream of these are the most strategic things. And then somebody gives you another project or you move into a different role and you go, it's, am I working on the most strategic thing? <laughs> you know, I want to be working in the most strategic things, you know, um, you know, the things with the most impact is, and even now I'll, I'll occasionally reflect on, on roles and go, well, this role give me the same scale of impact that I've had before, because I think that's really what I became addicted to. Mm-hmm. And addicted to working with a, a group of people, you know, to achieve that that goal really. Um, and it's pretty powerful when you get it. And and if you get that synergy within team and then across teams, um, you know, it's it's a pretty special thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So, what would you, advice would you give to somebody then? Um, you know, the beginning of this career journey. Um, looking to get into PMO management. Again, there are a few of us around who do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what, would, what, would, what, what wisdom would you impart? Oh, look, that's, that's so hard. Um, I didn't ever set out to find a good mentor. I, I got, well, I got lucky, I think. Um, and that helped to have somebody who, who had your back, who had an interest in, in you in a sense of challenging you or, or wanting to develop you. So, so I think um, try and look for those people that are, that may be around you or that you can, um, that you want to learn from or be um, connected to and try and find that good mentor, um, you know, somebody with your interests at heart, but somebody who can also give you the, the, the honest, critique that you need at times um, if you're getting a bit stuck or if you're mm. you know you're maybe not taking an opportunity that, that you feel is too much but they feel you, you can stretch that far mm. um, I think that's critical um, so that doesn't have to be somebody within a PMO setting I don't think I think just a good leader somebody who's got a good strategic mindset um, uh, and they've got your back is the most important thing Oops, my light's gone out. There you go, <laughs> live. Um, <laughs> energy efficient building. Um, I think, you know, keep building your suite of capabilities. So for me, I never thought I was a project manager, but I was always involved in projects. Um, and then you find you, you do some project management training or get a certification. And then you go, okay, what's this change management thing? I'll do a bit of that mm-hmm. too. And then how do you manage project programs and how are they different? And then portfolios, you know, let me understand that. Um, so I think just sort of building, building that, um, building that those layers, just to give you a, a better appreciation in that skill set is also important. But I'd, I'd balance that with saying not to lose sight of the opportunities around the leadership skills. So mm-hmm. talked briefly about um, working 
with Gallup, looking at strengths, um, looking at uh, training around high-performing teams and how to generate those conditions that will give you that. Um, because a project is a team that uh, you can create the environment that is high-performing or you can create something else and it will impact on your project and cause you headaches. So I think balancing the technical skills with the leadership craft is important and, and really staying true to the organization's strategy. Um, Cause I think if you, you're always showing an interest in where the organization's going and how you can help in that journey, um, it highlights to the people who've maybe got the ability to, to draw you up into those sorts of areas that you are, you, you have a natural interest in this space and, and they'll always be looking for good people with good capabilities um, to, to bring into that space. So looking for projects as well that will stretch you. Um, if you're not in project management now, but you, you, you know, in a, in a, a very obvious project management space, putting your hand up and say, can I be part of a team, even if it's just to observe as a, as a development opportunity, um, just to see how those teams operate. And being in a team like that, you'll, you'll eventually be getting actions to take away and things to do that, that, that will help out. And so there's a, there's a whole host of things like that, podcasts, read podcasts, um, listen to podcasts, watch things like this. Um, hit somebody up on LinkedIn and just ask for 25 minutes of the time for, you know, to pick their brains, heaps of things you can do. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think look for PMOs that aren't also labeled as such as a PMO. Yeah. Cause um, I think back to my time in, uh, in health and safety and, and running a health and safety with um, department of education, which is huge. And, and the number of projects we had on just within the health and safety side of things, uh, we were effectively operating as a PMO, a health and safety PMO there. Yeah. So, so seeing, seeing those structures where they're maybe not obvious mm. on an organizational structure as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's probably the key things I think yeah. would be most helpful. I think that's, that's all great advice. The, the thing that you said there that particularly resonated with me and kind of the journey I've been on is about building that capability. So I went into PMO before I went into project management, which is quite unusual, yeah. and I felt very exposed. So I went off and did delivery certifications, did some delivery, um, and always felt the pull of PMO pulling me back, whereas... Um, some people love being project managers. So once they start to do that more formal training and, and they get the they get the rush from delivery and they go off and, and do delivery. Yeah. Um, so broadening your horizons around building skills, you may stumble over something else which is related, but is actually your particular sweet spot. Absolutely. But if you're going to come back into the PMO space by building that capability, you're also building your credibility. Because ultimately, as PMO, we are the ones who set the standards and uphold the standards a lot of the time. So it's nice to feel credible or be yeah. perceived as being credible. And I think, um, you know, going into a PMO really is a good way to set up uh, for any leadership role, to be honest, yeah. because, um, you know, the skills that you're working in, the, those areas, those capabilities that you're developing are required in every leadership role where you've got a significant span of control. Um, so I think they're really they're fundamental skills that, you know, almost all leaders should have before, no matter which area they're in. 
fundamental skills um, make PMO's life much easier if there was a baseline set of competencies across all leadership roles. Yeah, excellent. Very wise words. Um, Michael, I'd like to thank you for your time and for your insights and wisdom. And um, it's been really great talking. Yeah, thanks, Louise. And, and, and to anybody who's watching it, um, you know, if they are looking for any advice, very happy to, to, to have a message on LinkedIn, connect with somebody who's on that journey. Fantastic. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Louise.